Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk with Smitty. We've got a very special show today and a very dear friend of mine, Elise Najimi, who is the CEO of the Foundation to be Named Later. We're going to find out when they're going to finally name this foundation, but welcome aboard, Elise. Oh, good morning, Smitty. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into your good work at the foundation. Um, well, I grew up in Pittsfield, Mass. I went to Taconic High School. Um, my dad was Norman to Jimmy. He was an educator, a longtime educator in Pittsfield, and my mom was Jackie to Jimmy, who um, taught me, really taught me the values of volunteering and giving back and trying to do good for others. Uh, blessed to have great parents and blessed to grow up in the Berkshires. So how did you get involved with the foundation? Tell us about the foundation. I mean, this is Theo Epstein and his twin brother Paul's uh, family foundation. Yeah. But tell us about that, how that all came about and how they came up with that name. Um, oh, well, there's many stories in that question, Smitty. Um, fast forward, I went to college at Assumption in Worcester. I moved to Boston. I worked at City Year for 10 years. And City Year was a, um, is a uh, service organization where young people between the ages of 17 and 24 do full-time service in exchange for a college scholarship. And when I was at City Year, I taught the young people that dropped out of high school. We had a real diverse group of students, some that graduated college, some that graduated high school, some that took a year off of high school, and some that dropped out of high school. And they worked together on teams to um, do projects in schools and uh, physical projects. So one of my students was a young woman from Brookline High, and she hated school and dropped out and let me know that she did not like teachers. So I said to her, here's your books, go study. And I wound up helping her get her GED. She aced all her tests. She went on to work at City Year. And years later, come to find out, she married Paul Epstein. And Paul Epstein is the twin brother of Theo Epstein. So I have known Paul and Theo Epstein for many years um, as a mentor and a friend to Paul's wife, Saskia. So after I left City Year, I went to work at Northeastern University Sport and Society under Dr. Richard Lapchick, and I was there for a while, and that's when uh, the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. So Theo Epstein, as the youngest general manager in history, and his twin brother Paul, decided to start a foundation to capture the love of all the Red Sox fans and turn it into good in the community. And once they created their foundation, they asked me to leave Northeastern and come work for them and run their foundation. So tell us about the, the name, Foundation to be named later. I mean, that's kind of a hard <laughs> thing to remember. It's long to write out a check to support you, but tell us about the name. Where's the history of that? Uh, well, that's another funny story. So um, uh, the Paul and Theo created the foundation um, and they didn't know what to name it. They decided what they wanted to do, who they wanted to give to, and they could not think of a name. So Paul said to Theo, let's just name this thing later. And Theo, being the baseball guy that he is, said, let's name it after the Major League Baseball trade term, a player to be named later. So the foundation to be named later is a play on words of a player to be named later. And it actually works in our favor. It gets a lot of attention. And people ask us when we're going to name that so we get the opportunity to let them know it's a baseball play on words. Um, and we are named 
the foundation to be named later, never to be named later, because that's our name. So, so you're based in Boston, but when Theo went to Chicago and won another World Series with the Cubs, first time in 108 years, yes. um, you took the foundation to Chicago as well. So you're both in Boston and Chicago. We are. We have been in Chicago for 10 years, believe it or not. Um, the, the first year Theo got to the Chicago Cubs, uh, the Red Sox were going to Wrigley in an interleague series game, and they played the Cubs. So Theo thought, what a great time to do our fundraiser and to, to um, bring our mission and all of our work into Chicago, which is a wonderful city but has huge needs, great needs, just like in Boston. So we're really lucky to be able to do our work in Chicago and in Boston. Um, we've been in Boston for a long time since he was with uh, the Red Sox. He was there for 10 years. And once he left, we were able to keep our foundation in Boston, but also spread out to Chicago. So you travel back and forth and you have nonprofits that you support there in both cities. Yes, we have, and, and similar type of nonprofits in both cities. We have 10 great nonprofits in Chicago and 12 great nonprofits in Boston that we support all the time with a bunch of services from giving donations to giving tickets to games either at Wrigley or Fenway to having events for their young people um, and we uh, created some scholarship programs and we're proud to say we have 250 young people across the country on our Peter Gammons College Scholarships which is part of the Foundation to be named later signature program. So, so tell, tell the folks who are listening about the core mission of the Foundation Made Lame Later and where did Hot Stove Cool Music come into play? Oh, more stories. The core mission is um, we invest in the next generation of emerging leaders and we support the nonprofits that champion them. A meaning we work with these great nonprofits that work in the inner cities with under-resourced um, kids that live in under-resourced communities and they nominate the young people for our scholarships because it's an investment. We stay with our young people for four years, we invest in their college experience, make sure they graduate college, we give them a mentor, we host leadership trainings and dinners and talks and fun events and we ask the scholars that graduate to turn around and mentor the next generation of scholars and I'm pretty proud to say that we have a 99% graduation rate of our scholarships and the kids in our scholarship program are outstanding and they just have a drive and a passion to change their lives, change their families' lives through a college education. Our, our guest today is Elise Najimi from the Foundation of Maine Lane Later, um, the foundation of Theo and Paul Epstein, and you brought, brought in Peter Gammon's name because of the hostile coup music, but tell us again about how did Peter get involved and why, and tell us more about the scholarship. You have 250 kids on college scholarship, but how are you identifying picking these uh, college recipients? Um, you asked great questions, Smitty. You asked me like two in a row. So let me first go back to Peter Gammons. Um, Peter is a national treasure. He is a beloved sports journalist. He's in the Baseball Hall of Fame for literally changing the way that writers write about baseball. He started the um, Baseball Notes in the Boston Globe a long time ago and got people hooked because he tells stories and he got people hooked on reading baseball. And we were so lucky, he's, he's in Boston and he loves music. He wanted to start a charity event. He does not golf and he doesn't like chicken dinners. He started a concert 
And the concert he started is called Hot Stove Cool Music, which is another play on words. Um, in the wintertime, I'm sure all you baseball fans out there know this, it's the hot stove time when the, the, uh, there's no baseball going on, but they're always talking about what's cooking on the hot stove, who's going to get, what team's going to get this player, what's this team going to do in baseball. So in January in Boston, Peter started a concert because a lot of baseball players want to be musicians and are musicians, and a lot of musicians wish they were baseball players. So there's a nice synergy between music and baseball. So Peter, being a musician himself, asked Theo, who plays in a, played in a band and play, is a very good guitar player, to come play his Hot Stove Cool Music series to raise money for charity. And it all started in 2000, before Paul and Theo started the foundation. And when Paul and Theo started the foundation, they adopted and took in Hot Stove Cool Music. So now that's our signature event. And that's how we raise money because Paul and Theo are really interested in having as much fun as possible and doing as much good as possible. And we found the, the, the magic potion, which is Hot Stove Cool Music. Now, before we get into the how you raise your money, I want to stick with the music for a minute because the rivalry in baseball between the Red Sox and the Yankees is pretty legendary. But yet you recently had an event where Bernie Williams, the all-star center fielder from the New York Yankees, has been a big player with your, with your concerts. How'd you get a Yankee to come to support a Boston Foundation? <laughs> so music kind of like uh, levels the playing field for all because people love music so much. And we are so lucky and blessed to have Bernie Williams, who, who is a Grammy-nominated, a Grammy-winning musician. Um, it, it's funny, Smitty, you know, in Boston, it started with Bronson Arroyo, and um, we've had... Uh, Lenny DiNardo and Kevin Euclid and we've had so many different Pedro's been uh, on stage with us playing and David Ortiz and when Bernie was playing for the Yankees he would never play with us in Boston it wasn't until he retired that he said okay I'm gonna come and play because everyone loves Peter Gammons Peter is just loved in baseball so when Peter Gammons asks you to come play a concert with him it's an honor and Bernie finally, when he retired, came and played with us and fell in love with it. So he's been with us every year for um, about 10 years, maybe 11 years now. And it's very, very cool for me behind the scenes to watch Bernie Williams and Bronson Arroyo have conversations about how Bronson pitched to Bernie in those really tense rivalries and special times. And now they're sitting side by side or playing side by side on the stage. It's really, really magical and special to see that. And like I said, Hot Stove Cool Music attracts baseball players from all different teams, not just the Cubs and not just the Red Sox. We're, again, we're here with Elise Najimi from the Foundation Meeting Later. Um, Elise, the last couple of years have been a, been a challenge for all nonprofits uh, with, during COVID. Um, you haven't been able to do live events. You've done virtual events. Is that, was that easier or harder? You've maybe raised more money with less overhead, but was it as fun? <laughs> um. It was not as fun, and it was harder, and we did raise more money. And I know you've you've had a front row seat to all of that stuff, Smitty, because you have been a supporter of ours since day one, and you're always there helping me. But, um, you know, we did, we were very lucky to bring Hot Stove Cool Music before pandemic to Chicago. So we've been doing Hot Stove Cool Music Chicago for 10 years, and also live doing Boston for 15 years live and we've had 
this is a little backstory to get to the virtual part. We've had incredible musicians play with us from James Taylor to Common to Eddie Vedder to uh, Cheap Trick to Liz Fair to Mavis Staples to Buddy Guy. John Legend before he became John Legend. Legend. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole nother topic for a podcast. But John Legend, absolutely. Tedeschi Trucks. um, We've just Yo-Yo Ma. So we have been blessed to have this Hot Stove Cool Music fundraiser established. And then we were planning, the Red Sox were going to go to Chicago in 2020. And we were planning another event in Chicago Live when everything shut down. And not only did it just shut down, but our families and the young people that we serve seem to suffer even more than the the person, um, the regular person, because they had, their families were essential workers, or they were in overcrowded living situations, or they didn't have access to some of the safety things that a lot of us had access to. So our young people needed us more than ever, um, especially our scholarship young people who were forced to leave college. Some didn't even have a ride home, or some had nowhere to go once they were leaving college. Some had no food to access. So our mentors were super helpful, wrapping their arms around our young people who needed things, driving them home from college, delivering food to their houses, finding places for them to go. And um, we said, we have to raise money during this pandemic year. We can't do a live concert anymore. What are we going to do? So we just rolled up our sleeves, and the, the foundation to be named later is pretty innovative. We said, let's put on a concert virtually. Let's ask our sponsors to sponsor us like they always do, and let's figure out a way to bridge Boston and Chicago fans and get everyone together to watch this virtual show. And it really worked, thankfully. Um, by a lot of really smart volunteers who helped us get it done. We were able to get sponsors from Boston and Chicago come together. We had uh, performances from Eddie Vedder and Yo-Yo Ma in common, and Steven Tyler even sent us in a performance from his show. We had a lot of our old musicians come back, Tedeschi Trucks. We had the guys from Cheap Trick. And we put on this two-hour virtual show, which included a lot of our baseball players. Tom Karen was one of our MCs, along with Lynn Bramer from Chicago, Len Casper from Chicago, Tom Karen from Boston. Um, and we put on this great baseball music virtual show, which we got great feedback from. We raised a ton of money because it cost hardly anything. We didn't have flights. We didn't have hotels. And we saved a lot of money, and we were able to save 25 kids from dropping out of college those those past two years. Hmm. We, we all, you know, the social distancing has been a challenge the last couple of years, but there's nothing like the interpersonal connection that you have. And now that you're back to live events, and you just had one last week, a couple weeks ago, with Zach Brown. Yeah. Um, but, what did you learn from COVID that for folks who are listening or maybe in a similar situation that will make this process even better when we're back into live events? Um, well, it's better to, it, it, I think what we learned is less might be a little more. We were always worried about we have to sell out, we have to sell out, but you don't have to sell out. You just have to try to get um, as much money from your sponsors as you can and have a great quality group of people come together, not just because they want to go to a concert, but because they're bought into your mission or they want to know about your mission. Um, And it's really a a secret thing that the foundation does is we hope by people coming to our events 
they fall in love with giving back. The, the tagline of our event is celebrating music, baseball, and giving. And so people either come for music or for baseball, but they all leave knowing that they were giving. And so what we try to do now post-pandemic is really push the giving aspect of it and say, you know, we all have a responsibility to give back to others. We're going to, you're going to get a great concert. You're going to get a great baseball event, but we're also hoping that you get um, the spirit of giving in your heart. As you know, Lisa, I'm, I'm a baseball fan and I, I love the hearing ballplayers tell stories. And the one thing that I do miss the last couple of years is that wonderful luncheon, the yeah. Business of Baseball Roundtable. Is that going to come back? I, I always liked that. It was like you know, an hour and a half or two hours of just listening to some of these ballplayers banter with one another. Are we going to have that sometime in the future? We are. And that's a great question. We do a... Um, Every year in Boston, we do a business of baseball lunch, like Smitty said, and we've had, you know, uh, Cashman from the Yankees sit next to Theo from the Red Sox, sit next to Billy Bean from the A's and just talk inside baseball very candidly. We've had players from Curtis Granderson to um, Kevin Euclid, you know, to um, Pedro sit and just uh, go back and forth, Roger Clemens. And we are going to bring that back. We're finding a more efficient way to do it. And so we're partnering with the Boston Business Journal in Boston and PNC Bank. And because what they're going to do is help us um, take care of a lot of the costs of the lunch, and we're going to get the fans there. So definitely look out for that. You can join our mailing list. Go to uh, ftbnl.org, which is Foundation to be Named Later Initials, ftbnl.org or foundation to be named later.org. You can join our mailing list and we'll send you invites to all our fun events that are coming up, including our business of baseball, inside baseball, lunch talks. With, with you, uh, you know, knowing you personally, it's, it's always about the kids. You can have a fun night at a concert or a round table, but um, it's about the kids and what their future looks like. Paint, paint our listeners a picture of the young person you're trying to help now and I, I've read some of the applications for this scholarship from yeah. the Gamma Scholarship, and it's really gut-wrenching. And, and you're helping kids in Boston and Chicago that probably may not have had an opportunity to go on to college if not for the help of the foundation may name later. So paint me a picture, paint us all a picture of what that young person looks like, what they can they expect over the next four years partnering with you in college. Talk about the mentors, and, and what, what do they look like after college? Tell me a success story. Oh, Smitty, yeah. I mean, it's people like you that make this even possible. You volunteer with us. You read applications. We have so many sponsors who give money and volunteer and help us select the young people and then mentor the young people. Smitty's been a mentor. He didn't say that, but he's been a mentor to um, uh, some of our scholars in the past who are doing well now. But I'll tell you a couple stories. Um, one story, uh, one of our scholars her family became homeless, and her father was an alcoholic and wound up dying of alcoholism. And, and the mom was left with four young people. They became homeless. They lived in hotels. She'd have to take a bus um, to, to the train to walk to get to school. Early in the morning, she went to school. She just knew she wanted to go to college. She wound up um, you know, having to walk back, take the bus, take the train, come back to the hotel, help take care of her family, do her homework, do it all over the next day. And we met her and she was so driven and so positive and we just knew she would be a great investment. She wound up going to Assumption College, which is my alma mater, 
Um, um, she got a mentor for four years. She graduated high honors, and she went on to work um, in business now. She works for a real estate firm in Boston, and she just bought her first home. So she literally changed her family's life with her college education. We pay her gap because she was so under-resourced and didn't have money. The family had a uh, estimated family contribution of zero. She got financial aid, but there's always a gap of between $2,000 and $10,000, and that prevents a lot of young people from going to college. So she stayed in good standing. We paid her gap for four years. She graduated. She bought her first house, and she mentors a young person in our college scholarship now. Leslie, who runs our scholarship program, is one of our first scholars who, her family came from the Dominican, they didn't even speak English, and um, they, they lived in housing projects that were very overcrowded because Dominican other family members came and lived with them. They got kicked out of their housing and they had to go into another place to live. They had a very unstable childhood. We met Leslie. She was a member of the West End House um, and she was so driven and motivated. She wanted to be a lawyer. We selected her. She went on to college. She graduated with all A's. We stayed with her for four years. She got into law school. We stayed with her through law school. She graduated law school during the pandemic. She uh, passed the bar. She's in a certified lawyer. She works for Santander as a lawyer, and she now, as part-time, runs our scholarship program. And um, she's mentored many of our young people along the way. She's a huge success story. I could tell you so many more. I don't want to take up the whole time, but well, we have a few few minutes left. I mean, t- give us that found. Give us the the website again. What's the best way for people to contact you to either volunteer, maybe become a mentor, make a contribution? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Is this the website? Yes. Oh, we have a brand new website that we worked on. That was one of the things during pandemic that afforded us some time to upgrade our website, which is beautiful. You can see all our generous, big-hearted sponsors on there. There's a whole history of hot stove, cool music. There's beautiful faces of our scholars from Boston and Chicago and their stories on there um, and, and so much more. So um, you can go to www.ftbnl.org, which is the letters of Foundation to be Named Later. You could also go to foundationtobenamedlater.org if you feel like typing it out longer, same place. And you'll get um, all that you need to know about the foundation, and you can sign up for our newsletters, our invites, or if you want to um, volunteer, you can email us. Okay, are you ready for the lightning round? I am, As we close out? I hope so. I don't know. Okay. All right, let's Rapid go. fire. Who would you consider to be your role model? You. Stop. <laughs> Who would you consider to be your role model? My dad, Norman and Jimmy, taught me the values I think that um, that I live by today. My mom and dad, but my dad really um, gave me my love for sports and baseball and giving and education and my dad. Pineapple or pizza? Pineapple. What is your favorite book? The Notebook. Hmm. <laughs> If you could give yourself one piece of if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Make sure you take advantage of opportunities presented to you. Anytime an opportunity comes and you think it would be a good opportunity, don't be afraid to take it. Elise Jimmy from the Foundation Big Name Later, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. You've been terrific.
Thank you, Smitty. This is one of my favorite podcasts, and I really appreciate being on it. Well, we're, we're back, and I, I, I hope you'll tune in next week for another great episode of Let's Talk with Smitty. Uh, until then, be well, be safe, have fun, be happy. Let's all take care of one another. Let's all be virtual. Thank you very much. Yeah.